It's 6 o'clock. We want to get seated uh, or get started. If, you want, if you're in the back, you want to grab your six, seven handouts. They're back there in the pew, and then we go ahead and get started here. That way we have plenty of time. Um, I'm going to make a PowerPoint presentation. I appreciate everybody coming out. Tonight is what we call Vision Night. It's, I think it's uh, something great for our church. I appreciate our great turnout tonight. Very encouraging with that. But I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then I'm going to uh, share something, kind of our format, what we'll do tonight. And then I'm going to invite in a little bit here before I get into uh, this PowerPoint presentation, which is really coming from a group called the Family Ministry Leadership Team. I'm going to invite them up on the stage so you can see who all they are. That way you get, uh, get accustomed to them. But let's go ahead and open up our vision night with a word of prayer. Oh Lord, we thank you for our church. What a blessing to have a great group of folks here to paint a vision for Broadway of reaching Lexington for you. Lord, we pray we are going to be a church that has a whatever-it-takes attitude and just uh, seeing uh, souls come to know you and folks getting saved. Lord, I just pray that you just um, uh, bless our time together. Lord, we have, pray we have great participation and wonderful uh, time of hearing a vision then going into a business meeting and, and voting on some good things. Lord, we just pray that you just uh, bless our WANA program downstairs and we have um, an incredible time of seeking your will this, this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, hopefully as you're coming in, remember, I know folks are still coming in or staying in line, remember back here on the uh, back corner is you have six handouts with Steve wa waving his hand, so make sure you grab all your handouts. I want to bring uh, attention uh, to the screen, though, so I, maybe during this next hour, try not to read all your handouts, because I, uh, I know it's going to be tempting, but uh, I want you to follow along with what I'm saying as well as up on the screen, then we're going to have a chance to talk. So what, what we're about to do is I'm going to make this presentation and then I'm going to invite our family ministry leadership team. They're about to come up here in a second. And then we're going to hear from some different groups. We're going to hear from the Strategic, uh, strategic and Long-Range Planning Committee. We're going to hear about the college ministry, as well as our, uh, a, a couple ladies talking about our contemporary music, as well as we're going to talk about uh, a personnel and um, a, a stewardship committee. So, and then after we kind of, this will probably take about 40, 45 minutes for everything. Then after that, after we go through everything and you hear uh, everybody gets paraded up on the stage, then we're going to have questions. So we set some microphones up here, so we'll be able to uh, take any questions you want to ask and for clarity or um, anything you want to say. But at this time, I want to invite, if we, have, we create a group at the beginning of this year, I believe it was in January's business meeting, it was called, it was called the Family Ministry Leadership Team. Kind of an odd name, but um, that's, that's the name of it. But that, uh, we have about 20 or so folks and some are actually, some are not here, they're at work, and some are downstairs in the um, Awana right now. But if you are up here tonight, and you're one of the 20 or so folks on the Family Ministry Leadership Team, I want to invite you up here on the stage, because I want to see, uh, y'all want to come stand up here, so folks actually see, okay, this is the group, I guess you could say, that we're talking about, um, that had been working on this, and we've been meeting pretty regularly, very regularly, and, um, and, uh, and, and talking about this, because I guess... Uh, we're, we're the ones that have been uh, working on everything. Let's see. I saw others. All right, I won't call them out, but they're, um, uh, <laughs> they're here, but they're not, they're not up here. So this is our, our family ministry leadership. I won't, I won't say everybody's name, and we don't need to start in this. Uh, name of folks, but 
I do appreciate uh, this group here. Um, I just wanted y'all to say, I tell you, if y'all wanted to, y'all could, y'all could sit up here in the choir, because some of y'all are going to come up here in a minute and speak if, if you want to. So y'all can just stay seated <coughs> up here while we go through this. So here's our, our, our vision night presentation. So let's see if our clicker works here. All right, this is our family ministry leadership team. What we hoped to do is we started meeting probably about February or so, and we want Broadway Baptist Church to be a church for everyone. That means uh, wherever you are in life, whether you're a newborn or a senior adult, this is a church that you connect in. We don't want holes in our church. What I mean by that is you don't want to have a church that has a great children and youth program, but once you get 18 and you're at University of Kentucky, the college ministry just falls off the cliff, and all of a sudden you're like, well, man, I love this church so much, and then all of a sudden, uh, where did everybody go? Where's the, where's the ministry, the collegiate ministry at? And you feel like you have to go shopping for another church. A multi-generational church is a church that no matter where you're at in life, that there is a place for you at Broadway. So we don't want to have weak areas of our church. We want to be a strong, healthy church in all areas. And that's, that's really the foundational question, I think, what we're, we're working through here. So, so here it is here. Uh, we want to develop a strategy to reach all ages for Christ. Meaning, even if you're 35, 45, 55 years old, you want this church here at Broadway to be a strong, healthy church for that age demographic. So let's look at our demographics. So what are the current age demographics of Broadway? This is a, now, <laughs> Jock wanted a pie, so uh, this is a pie chart. I know y'all can't read that, but I feel like I'm in a college class. If you see right here on the laser pointer, um, actually, I'm going to go to the next slide. This is, this is the ultimate slide that really explains. All right, we have in our church 441 people. Now, let me explain. Say, so, Daniel, who are these people? These are actually real people who actually go to this church. Now, listen, folks who... Um, Folks who might be members of this church, but they go to Porter or Emanuel, I didn't count them. Like, these are folks that actually come to church here. They sit in the pews. They, they come several times a year. If you ask them, what church do you go to, they'll say, I go to Broadway Baptist. Now, they might not be a member of the church, but they are regular attender. I mean, you might even think they're a member, but they're not. You know, or they're, they're included in that. So we realistically have 441 people at our church. Now... Uh, some of the, the, those folks also include our homebound people. Uh, maybe physically they're not able to come to church. Um, folks that, um, you know, they're, they're, but they're, they're here. Now, these are not folks who moved to uh, Arkansas and they are still on the roll. These are real people who, like, they're receiving care and they're, so the, our homebound folks get the bullet. I mean, these are, <clears throat> I'm painting a picture. These are actual people who go here, not people who've left, not folks who go somewhere else. So you look at those numbers there. Now, two things stand out. 60 plus, and we're not, we're not saying it's bad. This is the real demographics of our church. And my parents are 68 years old. I mean, they, they would be in the, they're in the 64%. Uh, almost two-thirds of our church is over 60 well, first of all, well, I'm not supposed to ask a question, but later on I'll ask, do you think those are real? Just nod your head if you think they're real. I mean, is that, is that an accurate picture of our church? I asked the question, I got. 
But it is. I think, I think this is realistic numbers. Roughly two-thirds of our church are 60-plus. Now, I want to, one other thing that stands out in those numbers, if you look at the 20s and 30s, that's 9%. That's that millennial generation. That's where you're going to get the young, that's where you're going to get the children and the youth. That's where their parents are at. And that's, that's a hole at Broadway. We, we, we don't have that. So our goal of this, this group up here, we were saying, hey, we acknowledge that. We want to position ourselves. We want a strategy that could reach this age group. All right, we'll go to the next slide. Here's our proposed plan. We want to create a new full-time ministerial position. This position is going to be called, and we think, oh, I'm going to go over here, the contemporary worship slash college minister. And we're going to answer why those two here. But this will be a full-time position. It will be a, a minister position, you know, someone who's ordained or who's in the process of getting ordained, who's been to seminary, someone who you would... Uh, uh, certainly look up to as a genuine real minister um, so we think those two areas contemporary worship and uh, college ministry those would be kind of the I guess the lacking areas of Broadway the areas that we want to strengthen here that we could give attention towards okay also we then want to uh, propose a new Sunday morning worship experience and that being a nine o'clock celebration worship Say, so what's a celebration worship service? Celebration worship is the choir and orchestra. I didn't want to use the word traditional. <clears throat> I grew up in this environment. In fact, that's what I'm most comfortable with. I'm just sharing. We grew up in a traditional church or a celebration church. So this would be what we have right now. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I love it. I thought the choir, choir was outstanding uh, this morning. Uh, just wonderful worship experience. Now, this service will be about a 55-minute service. And, you know, you won't get a lot of the videos and a lot of the silly stories. It's because we're going to have to, David and I are have to go stay on track. It will end at 9.55. Then Sunday school starts at 10. Sunday school will end at 11. Then at 11.09. That's nine minutes after Sunday school. We'll create a new contemporary worship service. Now, if you come to contemporary worship service... The next thing after that's Awana, so it could just go on and on and on. So it just, uh, <laughs> but um, this this format here, it will um, it will be one that David Dell will be leading the music at the nine o'clock celebration service. The new minister of contemporary worship and college minister, he'll be leading the music at eleven o nine, and then I'll be preaching the same sermon. I've been preaching two sermons for deca or a decade, and from my experience, second sermons second sermons always better in the morning because you have a chance to uh, make changes. Jokes didn't work or make whatever adjustments you have to make, but um, it's exact same sermon. Rick Hawthorne says I'm going to have to change clothes, so uh, he's going to claims I need to dress differently for the contemporary service. But that's the format. We think this could be a winning format for our church. Say, Dan, we used to do this. True. When we started, our church here, several years ago, we had an 815 contemporary service. I think you all are on the right track. That's a, a, a great idea to reach, uh, try this new music and different type of music. It's a new approach reaching families. The problem with that is it's 815. 
I think you had your service at the wrong time. Our goal, this group's goal, was number one, to really stay out of that 8 o'clock hour. So that's why the celebration starts tonight. I think 8 o'clock's a little early. 8.30, 8.15, a little early. And secondly, our second goal for this was to have the contemporary service the latter of the two services. So it will go second. So, that, so when we approach this, we say, okay, you're on the right track, Broadway, but we just need to get out of that 8 o'clock hour and put the contemporary service second. All right? Moving along here. Why contemporary worship? You know, we believe this uh, praise team and a worship band, and that's what this uh, new guy he'll be leading and developing, it will provide a new opportunity for serving in music ministry and reach a younger audience. I think this is basically, it's a new approach to take to reach, uh, to reach a, maybe a, a new age group that our church certainly needs. <clears throat> so what we hope to do is, I guess a timeline for this, if we, over, if we vote yes for this, and we want an uh, overwhelming vote, say, hey, this is a vision, this is a direction, this is a, a channel we need to take to reach folks, then our personnel committee will start shopping and go find a, uh, worship, a contemporary worship college minister. And then, say we find the guy in November or December. So then we vote him in in December. Well, then he's going to show up, and he probably won't even show up till January. Then in January, he's got to build a praise team, get a band going, which is going to take probably two or three more months. So realistically, this new 9, 10, 11, 09 worship schedule, it won't even start till Easter. So if we vote yes, don't show up at 9 next Sunday thinking, okay, I'm ready for the new celebration. I mean, I don't have anybody in my back pocket for this position. It's not like I'm waiting to go home, I'm going to go call my friend who's going to go apply for the job. I mean, really, what you're voting on tonight is we're establishing this position and we're approving the funding from it. So then the rest of the folks can go out and work. All right, the new contemporary worship college minister will build a praise team. Just went over that, so that's self-explanatory. You know, he's going to be the one leading that service, and he'll build these groups. Why a college minister? <clears throat> I read the Lexington Herald Leader, and I read one day a few months ago that we have in our town of Lexington, our city of Lexington, 10% of our city or undergraduate, not graduates, undergraduate college students. If you don't agree with that, you can argue with the newspaper, but that's what it said. It said 10% of our city is our undergrad students. Now, that means we obviously, we all know this. We live in a college town. There's no reason we shouldn't be reaching college students. We should have 25, 30 college students every Sunday at this church. We want them to come to Broadway. We want to be a, our church to be attractive. We don't want folks, when they get out of the youth group, to fall off the bandwagon and say, I've got to go somewhere else because they don't have a good college ministry. If you remember, one of my goals in 2017 was to have a college minister. Well, because of our finances, that part-time position it was cut in the 2018 budget. So um, this is something, this isn't new. I mean, this has been on, the, been on the agenda for a while. And not only that, we believe, when I say we, I'm talking about the group behind me here, we believe that college students, I think they're going to come to this 1109 service. I think it would be attractive to them, you know, they might not be up at 8.15 or at 9 o'clock, but they can come at 11.09 and hopefully come to Sunday school at 10 and certainly, um, certainly connect and find a great church that they can be a part of. All right, how much is this all going to cost, Pastor? <clears throat> we want to seek approval tonight for spending up to $120,000 from our reserve funds. 
So God has blessed us, and you can see, if it don't look at it right now, you'll be able, um, Rodney will go over our finances here in a little bit, and uh, you'll see our reserve fund, or, or he'll give it in the business meeting, Jock will go over it more here, uh, our reserve funds here. So $120,000 doesn't mean we're going to pay the guy $120,000. I know all sorts of folks would be applying for that job, but what we seek approval for this is, this includes the guy's salary, whatever benefits, relocation costs, we're probably going to have to buy some equipment, um, uh, uh, whatever a band would need, a guitar, a drum set. I, I don't know, but I know in starting a new service from scratch, there's going to be unexpected costs and expenses. So that is what that is. And I'm hoping you know, we likely come in at $98,000, so then it won't, we'll save you money of this. So even though we're, we're aiming high with this, hoping to come in very low, so we won't spend that much. Now, what we hope to do with this position is we want to incorporate this new um, minister position in the 2020 budget. So it will come, he'll come in this, the latter part of this year, if he shows up this year, and then all, all of 2019. Then in our budget in 2020, this will become um, a part of our budget with that. Do y'all hear it clicking? All right, response. I can barely see that. I got glasses. We're asking for a yes vote in tonight's business meeting to approve. Here's what you're going to be voting on later on after this vision night. You're going to be approving to creating a new contemporary worship college minister position. Right now, David Dells, our minister of music slash senior adults. We're now looking at contemporary worship slash college minister. And uh, spending up to $120,000 out of our reserve fund. And we're, the Church Ministries Council recommended this, so we'll be voting that. Uh, this group recommended, but I wanted it to come from a formal group as well, and they, um, they voted for that. Also, um, after we vote, and that will be a secret ballot uh, decision because it involves money. Also, we want you, after we vote, hopefully, yes, on spending this amount and creating this job. Then we want to vote on these service times. Now remember, the service times do not start next Sunday. It might be six months, but for planning purposes, you have to vote now and get, you know, start thinking about these things and saying this is our target, this is our vision of where we're going. So that's really, those are two. Now that vote should just be a raise a hand vote uh, if you want those service times. And then I have one more slide here. This is the groups here within our church that support the vision. So... You know, obviously, family ministry leadership teams up here, church ministries council, strategic, and you're going to be hearing from strategic, Jack and strategic and long-range planning committee, stewardship committee, personnel committee, and as well as our deacon body. So um, this is our, pre th that's the presentation here. I want to invite some folks to, um, actually, I want to, I'll leave it on this slide. That, I mean, I think this is a, a, an accurate picture. I want to invite some folks here to also talk. I'm going to grab a microphone. From our, um, from our family ministry leadership team to also give reports, because I want the real question, when it comes down to it, we're talking about two things. We're talking about contemporary worship, we're talking about a college minister here. So, all right, Chelsea Bells and Kelly Sword. Oh, yeah. oh, there they are. All right, we got our microphone. Y'all come, come stand here. Here, look, I'll got a microphone for each of y'all. Move all my stuff. Y'all come stand up here. 
So we believe that contemporary worship is important to reach the millennial generation. Um, if we look around, as Daniel has already discussed, we are a majority of a senior adult church. There's nothing wrong with that because we know that biblical wisdom comes from our senior adults and is passed down to this millennial generation. Um, it is also important to remember that we must keep in mind the future of Broadway. If we want to have a Broadway in 10 to 15 years, we need to reach out to this millennial college-age generation. We believe that doing this with a contemporary worship service will reach our college students in the 20s and 30s because they'll be hearing songs that they hear on K-Love and Air One, for example, and also families that have younger kids um, that come to church and recognize the songs, they'll be excited. And honestly, wherever kids are excited and want to go, that's where the parents are going to come, where their kids are plugged in. And it is also important to realize that although David Dell is highly qualified for this position, we need a separate position for this because he is already um, has a full-time position with the senior adults and the choir and orchestra here and the senior adult ministry. Um, so we need to keep in mind and respect his time that he has with those areas and look forward to finding a new minister, an ordained, um, called by God, man or woman. Um, myself, like Chelsea, I grew up in a traditional uh, worship service. Uh, very thankful for that background. Uh, I grew up listening to Brother Hurd preach and we had wonderful music. Um, it resonates so much with me. There's many times that hymns and uh, the old music really just really um, uh, touch my heart. Uh, the, uh, the things that are said through hymns are so beautiful, and I, I find them uh, to be a comfort to me. Uh, but when asked about why, why I personally um, want to see this come across, I had to pray a whole lot about it because you really got to pull your personal opinions out and seek the Lord and what he wants for our church. Um, I love contemporary music. I, I love traditional music. Um, but I'm, I'm coming from a standpoint. I have a 13-year-old daughter who's in eighth grade in middle school. And I have a son who's 10. He's in fifth grade in elementary school. Um, and so I have to see a lot of things through their eyes. Um, uh, many of you, some of you know that um, we joined Broadway back in 2000. 13 and for about a year and a half we actually left we didn't move our membership but we left and we started attending uh, Southland and it's a wonderful church um, it has wonderful contemporary music and we um, really enjoyed that I can remember the first Sunday that we went to the service uh, Brayden sorry Brayden Brayden looked at me he goes mommy it's like a Jesus concert and he was smiling and he was giggling and he was laughing and he was really enjoying the service and um, it, it really caused me to pray a whole lot about a lot of things. Um, we were there for about a little over a year and a half, and my heart began to stir because the thing I missed, and this is no slight on that church, it's a wonderful church, but we didn't have the connection that we really wanted in Sunday school like we had here. And Steve and I prayed about it a lot. We talked about it a lot. We talked to the kids about it. And ultimately, we decided that we were going to come back here because Sunday school was so important to the life of our family and it was so important to us uh, personally in our personal walk. <clears throat> and, we, and we knew that, you know, there were going to be some sacrifices with coming back, but when the family ministry team was established, I knew this was my opportunity to speak for my kids, you know, that let's get, I mean, 
we certainly don't have to call it a Jesus concert. I mean, that's not what it has to be here. But I think the, the, the moral of the story here is we need to offer options to kids so that they feel as excited to be in church as we are. Um, and with the contemporary addition, and that's all it is, it's an addition. We're not changing what we already have. We're just making an addition to it. This allows our kids to get filled in a way maybe we don't necessarily identify with, but we can support. So that's kind of where, where I'm at. We're so glad and thankful to be back at Broadway. We've been back for over a year now, and uh, we're just so blessed and excited to see what's, what God's going to do. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much, Chelsea. All right, I appreciate that. We also, uh, since this also involves our college ministry, I wanted uh, Melissa Mitchell as well as Nancy Crawford to come up, and I wanted y'all to speak about our college ministry. Nancy is right now leading our college ministry. She teaches our college Sunday school class as well as the Wednesday night Bible study with them. Yes, currently I'm the uh, college Sunday school teacher. Um, we have, during the school year, a, a core group of four college students. Um, and really, we would like to see that grow. They would like to see that grow. Um, and to do that, we really need a college minister who can go down to UK's campus or over to BCTC or down to Trancy and, and sh you know, introduce Broadway to those students and to show them uh, what kind of church that we have and, and that we welcome college students here. And for that to really happen, um, we need a minister to do that. Um, and so we need someone on staff who can go do that. I can't, I have a full-time job, I can't do that. Um, but this ministry will not grow without that. Um, and so we really feel strongly that that is what's needed um, to fill that hole. And when you look at those numbers, you know, 9%, that's not a lot of people, 39 people in that age group, 20s to 30s. I mean, four of them are college kids. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not a lot. It could be more because as Pastor Daniel points out, you know, we live in a college town. Um, and uh, other churches, other Baptist churches have great college ministries because they have a minister who goes to those campuses. And, and we could be just like that, but we need that minister. Nice, thank you. Um, I'm Melissa Parsons Mitchell, Todd. He's the heavy back here for me. <laughs> He's my other half. We joined Broadway about a year and a half ago, and we came looking for a youth program for my son, Clay Parsons. He's a sophomore at Dunbar. So in a few years, he's gonna be making a decision to go to college. And my past history with my youth group, with Brother Hurd, was tremendous. I became a Christian at the age of 13 because of my youth group and the teachings that I had from my minister of youth. That followed me into college as well. I continued to attend church, and I'm standing here today attending church. I want that for my son as well. We made that decision with Zach about a year and a half ago. We had a handful of youth starting. Last Wednesday night, we had 21 in attendance. That's tremendous. And I have, I know, thanks to Zach. So, and all the youth here tonight, too, and their families are supporting him, and that's what we need. And we need that support tonight for this decision as well, because I want my son to be able to have something to continue with when he goes to college, and for our college kids now to have something. 
So in three years, if we vote tonight, we can have a strong college ministry. We can have their families here joining us, their siblings, and their grandparents. That's exciting for me. So tonight, I vote yes, and I'm excited about it, and I want you to be too. Thank you. Nancy and Melissa, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Our church has a strategic and long-range planning committee, and that is chaired by Mr. Jack Smith. So Jack's going to come forward. Oh, Jack, you come on up. I thought you were already up here. Jack's going to come forward, and he's going to share uh, from the strategic and long-range planning committee. He'll also give an update and presentation from himself. There's a microphone. Thank, Thank you. you. After following those four young women, I want to make a confession right away. I have no mistakes about which category I... As a matter of fact, I have ties older than either one of these four ladies you just listened to. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I want to make something uh, really clear before we get into all the detail. This family leadership team has been working over here independently. What you're gonna hear from the Long Range Strategic Planning Group, we have been over here. The two, the two groups have never met. We've never exchanged notes, but yet we have arrived at a couple of common points which I believe is the good Lord speaking. That's my personal opinion. I'm not speaking for the committee. The Long Range Planning Committee for this church was formed, reformed, I should say, about nine months ago. And in the, in the world of long range planning, uh, including Lifeway and any of the other uh, study groups or think tanks or whatever, the instruction to begin a long-range strategic process, they, they're almost unanimous in the position that says, the first thing you must do is define the current reality, okay? And sometimes that's not comfortable. So when we started meeting nine months ago, we agreed that we were going to be honest, open, candid, and we were going to attempt to define the current reality of Broadway Baptist Church. Now to do that, we went back 12 years, and uh, that's when Pastor Shannon was here. We went back 12 years and began our work, and we looked at all sorts of uh, things like attendance, like giving, giving per person sitting in the, in, the, in the pews. We looked at ministry effectiveness. We looked at growth. We looked at uh, baptisms. In other words, we, we tracked all sorts of numbers as they applied to Broadway Baptist Church. And we dug a little deeper, attempting to determine what the strengths and weaknesses were of our church. And yes, entries belong on both sides of that ledger. 
There are some things in the last 12 years we've done quite well, and there are things that we've not done so well. Uh, hearing about the uh, youth ministry, I had the pleasure of having a similar position 12 years ago when we brought Scott here as a youth minister. You know, I remember the meeting downstairs in the, in the uh, meeting room downstairs the night we talked about the necessity to invest in a youth minister and a youth program for the future benefit of Broadway. Now our review as a long range strategic planning group has revealed at least two factors that are worthy of comment tonight. Uh, and, and these two factors, I, I think I'm safe in saying, have, have hurt, have harmed the ministries and the growth of Broadway. First, and I think this is, many of you are gonna say, yeah, I knew that. Well, we all knew that, but I want you to think about it in terms of impact, not just an event. And the first thing that I would share with you about the two factors that we think have have limited at best, and I think may have hurt us, is pastoral turnover. In the last 10 years, our church has had three senior pastors in 10 years. During that 10-year period, we went almost three and one-half years without a permanent senior pastor. Think about that, three and a half out of 10 years with no senior pastor resident. Now, if you wanna go back and see all the numbers, we'll be back in front of you, I suspect in the next few months as a committee to, to share some other things with you. But I can tell you this from a summary perspective, that turnover at the past senior pastor level has had a negative effect on the attendance at this church on a regular basis, on the giving uh, on a weekly, monthly, annual basis, and it has had a negative impact on the ministry effectiveness of the ministries of this church. Though that turnover and those voids are a negative. They have absolutely had negative impact on this church. It's just reality. Point two of the two. We have experienced a severe decline in the number of active members in this church under age 50. A severe decline. You say, well, we still got 441 people. Yeah, but if you want to go back for 12 years and track what's happened, the bottom number has grown and the other three categories have declined over the last 12 years. Not a good trend. Now, in support of a couple of things the ladies said, and these are just facts that we as a church uh, may find uncomfortable but there's still facts. And that is in Fayette County, in Fayette County, 
every Sunday morning, between 20 and 30,000 people, it's estimated, attend a contemporary worship service. Now, those are people who have voted with their attendance. And they are voting with their pocketbooks. They are voting by giving their time to the ministries of these churches. And what are they saying with their vote? This is the type of worship service we prefer and feel more comfortable with. It doesn't make any difference what I believe. I grew up in a traditional church. I've been in a traditional church my entire life, and the good Lord willing, I'll die in one. And that's okay. I'm good with that. But that's not the only answer, and that's not the answer for everyone else that, that exists on the face of God's earth. Now, these people, this 20 or 30,000 people that are out there every Sunday morning, if they decide to maybe search for another church, they don't stop here. They're, they're not going to come here and give us a visit because we don't offer the type of worship service that appeals to them. They, they don't feel they can worship the way they want to worship here. Uh, we just don't meet their preference. Now, let's make an assumption based on those statistics and say, well, what about the lost people in Fayette County? Well, I would suggest to you that the same percentage of, of people out there under age 50 who are lost and, and need Christ, if, if we could somehow reach out and take a survey, I think we would find on a percentage basis that a significant percentage would say, oh, I prefer a contemporary service. Now, what do we say in return to those people? Sorry, we, we aren't interested. Sorry, we don't have time. Sorry, that doesn't fit what we believe. Our committee was, was very candid in arriving at a conclusion that we must follow, as a church, the Great Commission. And it says we, we take the good word to the world. It doesn't say just the, those who believe in temporary, or not temporary, but traditional uh, conservative services. Now, I think I remember the date. I had to share this with you because, Pastor, this fit pretty much with something you said in, in your sermon this morning. And... Uh, I just want to be sure I've got the date right. It was February 26th, February 26th, 1992. I was sitting in a service, uh, hearing a sermon, um, and this, this I heard. I've made a lot of notes in my Bible, but some I've made in bigger letters and so forth than others. And I wrote this quote down, this came from a minister who said, God never told the unsaved to go to church. He did tell the church to go to the unsaved. 
kind of hard to run away from that when we think about it. So that quote has always kind of stuck with me that in, in my life, what appeals to me may not be the solution for everyone else, and I must never forget that. Now, those of you who've known me for a long time, I'm, I'm a little bit of a math freak at heart, but I'll share this with you. Simple math, simple math, you don't have to be a mathematician. Simple math suggests that we, Broadway Baptist Church, will cease to be a viable church in eight to 10 years unless we reverse the trends of the last 10 years. Now, what do I mean by a viable church? If you strictly take the numbers and roll them forward and, and, and make no other assumptions other than what we've done in the past is what we do in the future, those of us who are still around in eight to 10 years, and I may or may not be one of you, that the membership in this church will be plus or minus about 100 people active. I'm not sure 100 people will support this church, can support this church, can provide the ministries that are needed if we are to fulfill our role of the Great Commission, and that's to reach out to the world. The Long Range Planning Committee has voted unanimously. There are 10 of us, including the pastor. We often don't let him vote, uh, but we have voted unanimously to support this Ministries Council recommendation. Uh, we've done it for two reasons. One, uh, and, and this is where we cross paths, it does address, this proposal does address one of the major concerns of the Long Range Planning Committee. And that very simply is attracting and retaining younger members to Broadway Baptist Church. Now, key word is it does address. It does not solve. It does not complete. It is not the final conclusion uh, for all times. It is an action, a step, that we feel will address. And as time goes, will need to probably be tweaked, modified, enhanced, altered to, to fit what we experience going forward. That's number one on the list of the Long Range Planning Committee is it does address one of our primary concerns. Secondly, which is more of a, an emotional sort of thing, we as a committee believe that the family leadership team, the group sitting behind me, and, and some of which are not here, deserve, they absolutely deserve the support that, that they deserve our support given their prayers, their hard work, and the commitment that they've demonstrated in their interest in the future of Broadway Baptist Church. I hope you, when you reach down inside your, your own thoughts and opinions, that you too will find a place to respect the, 
the opinions and the hard work and prayers of this group of people. And it's been my pleasure to share uh, our thoughts with you as a committee and uh, a little bit of my own thinking. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Thank you so much. I'm going to invite Jock Kennett to come forward. He's the chairperson of the stewardship committee, so he's going to give us an update on the money. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. I want you to know that, uh, as usual, I'm up here to talk about finances a little bit. Uh, the stewardship committee is in unanimous agreement uh, in, um, for both the, uh, the new service uh, and the hiring of the contemporary worship and college minister. And, you know, uh, a question you might have is, uh, how did you arrive at that conclusion? I mean, how did you arrive at that, uh, that process? We have great financial confidence uh, in some figures we're going to share with you to show you that we feel that we can very, very well support this and must support it for all the reasons that have been shared with you tonight. Rodney will share with you in our business meeting the treasurer's report. Please don't look at that now. I don't want to lose you on that now. But what you'll see is that we have 99,000 uh, in change at the PNC Bank. We have 110,593 in our emergency fund, and that's $209,624. We also have $100,000 that we moved into a CD last year. We kind of wanted to hide that so you wouldn't be trying to figure out how to spend it, okay? I'm just kidding. That's about $310,000. That committee, ever since I've been a part of that committee, we've always felt that we needed, from a security standpoint, to have about $160,000, $170,000 to operate on. So we believe that we can, uh, that the $120,000 will still leave us in very good shape to uh, achieve that. And again, when you go back to what the pastor said, that $120,000 will almost surely not all be spent in 2019. In addition to that, we have $47,000 and change in a HVAC fund. We have $10,000 in a kitchen fund. And we have $5,400 in a roofing fund. That's about $63,000. That's not included in that $310,000. We started setting that money back about two or three years ago just to make sure we had a real cushion for areas where we could have an issue. If you blow a couple of furnaces, you want to have the money. So theoretically, last year, we did have some furnace work and we didn't even touch that money. But that money's there and it will continue to grow even throughout the year. So we're going to end the year probably with close to $70,000 in those funds that are not part of the $310,000. I think that's important for you to understand. Now, that's one part of the, uh, of the equation, you know, how much money do we have now? The other part you're going to ask is, how are we doing on our current budget? We're running this year about a $52,000 deficit. If, if it stayed the same, at the end of the year, we'd be about $52,000 under budget. But I think you've got to go back to last year when I met with you and I told you we were going to need to reduce the budget by about 15%. Do any of you remember that? Our budget for 2017 was uh, about a million one. And we reduced that to 890, uh, actually 892,000 dollars. 
and you know all the committees cooperated very nicely and that came in very well so when you look at that we took a major step last year to get kind of our house in order if you were asking me about spending $120,000 last year when we're going to drop $120,000 in our budget, that would have been a little bit more difficult to look at. But I also think you've got to understand our total expenses this year, theoretically, if, if we were right on track through August, would be 66%. We're running at about 62%. So you see the expenses are a little bit lower than we anticipated as well. Also, another factor to take into consideration is that generally at the end of the year, we bring more money in. So if somebody were to ask me today, I would say that we will come up about 40000 short at the end of the year, both in expenditures and uh, money uh, receipts, if you will. So it looks like it's going to be a push. And that's really good news, con con you know, when you consider last year when we were really badly getting our budget back in order. So our committee feels that uh, when you look at the data and you look at those 281 people or 64% over 60 plus, we feel it's, it's, uh, it's almost a survival issue, as Jack was saying. I mean, we talked a lot about that in our long-range planning committee. So our committee is 100% supportive. Uh, we think that we're certainly financially able, uh, and it's an opportunity to grow the church and make us even more financially able. Okay? That's all I've got. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for that wonderful report. We also have Ron Griffith. He's the chairperson of the personnel committee. So he's going to come and give a more a personnel update on this. Thank you, Ron. Uh, as every other committee that's been up here, the personnel committee also supports this recommendation. How do we arrive at the $120,000? That's a question that I've heard from several people. And it is an estimate. Some of these numbers that I'm going to give you are, are pretty good. The, the others are, are an estimate. We don't know. But we would rather be much higher and, and come in lower than come back to you in six months, nine months, whatever, and say, well, we need more money. Here's how we arrived at the 120000 Salary of $45,000. FICA and savings match, 6000 that is driven from the salary, the 45000 A medical estimate. We have no idea what this person will cost from a medical plan. Is the person single, married, five kids, two kids? Those are unknown. But we put in $10,000 for an estimate, which is the highest of anybody here that we, that we pay for. But, that, but again, we wanted to, to err on the high side. Computer, phone, office supplies. Again, $5,000 probably on the high side. Relocation estimate. Will this person have to relocate from California or from Winchester, Kentucky? We have no idea. We don't know what God's plan is, but we put in $10,000 for relocation. College outreach expenses. For this individual to go to the various colleges, we don't know what kind of programs they're going to set up. $5,000. Praise band equipment. Most musicians have their own equipment. So will, they, will the church need to buy any equipment? We don't know. But again, we put in $10,000. Praise band musicians. If we have to pay for some musicians initially to come and sing, $5,000. And then a catch-all of miscellaneous, $24,000 for a total of one hundred and twenty. So as you can tell, this number 
if anything is on the high side, we really think it'll come in much less than this, but we, we do not want to come to the church again at a later point in time and say, well, we erred and we need more money. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you so much for that update on that. <laughs> I also wanted, David Dell's our uh, music minister here at our church, but I wanted him to come forward and as well as give an update because this does involve our music ministry. So I, obviously uh, he, he serves on the church ministries council and he's been in a lot of the discussions. I wanted y'all to hear from him as well. David? Thank you, Daniel. You know, I'm excited that um, our church is considering something new here. I'm excited about where we are in many ways, but this is an opportunity to do something new. This morning during church, we had a great service. You sang. One thing that's happened lately, the, this renovated auditorium, the congregation sings better. Have you noticed that? I don't know if it's the hard floors or what, but it's pretty exciting. We are doing something different, though, than a lot of churches. If you take a lot of churches that have tried to make a transition to contemporary music, they've done it in a way that did not maintain what they were already doing. And that's, it's hard to take a church and make a right turn real quick because most of the people just keep going the other way. The exciting thing is here that we are looking at the possibility of starting something brand new that's going to have the same support budget-wise, the same support staff-wise, the same support from the people involved in these ministries that we have already in our current services. Now, I'm not taking anything away from our service we have. I'm, I'm excited. We had 38 people in the choir this morning. And if you take a, uh, you know, you, you hear in conferences or you hear in school or seminary or college, Churches that have choirs, and there's fewer and fewer of those, but churches who have choirs, 5% is pretty good, 10% is just off the charts good, and we're above that every Sunday. We have, we have an exceptional percentage of folks who are willing to sing and participate in worship. And I tell those folks every Wednesday, uh, or at least most Wednesdays, how important it is that they are worship leaders. When we come out here to, to sing and to present music, it's to lead in worship, and as we worship, you worship. Now I'm in this uh, 60 plus category up here, and most of you out here are too. So there's a step of faith involved here. But the exciting thing is we, if we just are willing to take the challenge, take, catch the vision of what God has laid before us, we might see some really neat things happen here. Uh, contemporary music is different. Some of you like it, some of you don't. And you're going to be surprised if this all goes the way we hope it does. You're going to be surprised. We make some assumptions sometimes that all the young people like contemporary music and all the senior adults like traditional music. And that's not always so. There's a lot of folks out here sprinkled through this audience that really probably will like the contemporary. And I know some folks who are here tonight who are in that 20s and 30 age group that will probably go to the traditional service and the thing of it is music speaks to your heart maybe in just the way it speaks to you and it may speak to me differently but when we take this piano over here with 88 keys on it it doesn't matter if you're playing Bach or Haydn or Beethoven or some you know ancient composer or if you're playing Tom Cottrell or somebody that's fairly new on the scene it's the same 88 keys I can play whatever, Gail Hurd can play whatever, but the thing of it is, I've had a background and trained and, and lots of years of experience in doing what we do. 
It excites me to have a choir with a soprano desk hat and a trumpet flowing around up here and making some good sounds and, and that sort of thing. But that doesn't mean that trips your trigger. I, have, I had a pastor that I served with um, not too long ago, about 15 years ago, I guess. And if I call his name, you'd know who he is. I'm not going to call his name, but he is so traditional. He not only wanted us to sing hymns, he wanted us to sing every verse of every hymn. Okay? Uh, <laughs> but we were at a meeting one time, and, and he and I were together in a service where uh, it was contemporary music, very contemporary, and totally off the charts of what he would participate in. But the conversation we had afterwards was, he said, you know, that music doesn't do anything for me. But as I looked across the aisle and saw some of those students and even some other folks worshiping and really their hearts were being ministered to, then that ministered to me, watching them worship. So it takes an open mind and it takes the willingness to change. And that 60 plus age group that I'm in, we're the slow ones to change. But I honestly believe that if we allow God to have his way here, we'll see Broadway Baptist Church reach a new generation, a new group of multi-generation. I'm going to throw something else in here, not to do with music. Most of you were here during the time of the interim, when we had uh, interim pastors, we had various conversations going on. Before Dr. Daniel Osmond came on the scene, one of the real conversations around here well, let's wait till the new pastor comes to see what direction he'd have us to go. Let's wait till the new pastor comes to develop the next year's budget. Remember all that? We waited till we got Daniel Osmond on the scene. We had a three-month budget. And then we, when he came, we said, what would you like to have here? And that's what the church intended to do. We talked about that in all those business meetings during the interim time. Well, what he said was, we need a college minister. And if you notice, we talked about doing that, and then we couldn't afford it that year. The next year it got cut out, <laughs> okay? Here's, a, here's something to consider. God has put a leader before us, and he's given us this pastor that we prayed for. This has nothing to do with contemporary or traditional music, but it does have to do with our willingness to follow the leadership of the leader that God's put before us. And I think that's something we need to consider in this decision. I'm all for the traditional music. I'm all for the contemporary music. We will make the right decision with contemporary music if we get the right leadership. And uh, we'll talk maybe more about it if you have questions later. But I'm just encouraging you to consider the fact that God has laid an opportunity before this church. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for that. We're about to have questions here in a minute, but before I, I, had, I didn't want to bring anybody's attention to your handout, uh, but uh, now I can. Uh, one of your six handouts you received back there, and I know we still have people coming late, the six handouts are right back there, is the job description. So this is actually the job description you will be voting on in a few minutes in our business meeting. So you can have a chance to look over it now and um, certainly see what we're talking about, so I know you have an idea of that. All right, this time we've set up some mic. This is our town hall meeting. We've got a microphone here, one there in the middle, one there, but if you don't want to use the microphone, you just yell out. We want uh, this group will answer any questions. Any questions what we've been talking about? 
Any comments? Bill? And uh, I tell you, uh, they didn't come up on stage, but Zach and Sherry Lyons, they didn't want to come up here. They snuck in on us. But um, Zach in one of our meetings says, what, what did Josh say? We have about $375 in the bank. What if we had a, a half a million dollars in the bank and the church, this church went out of business and we closed our doors? Like, what have we accomplished? Like, we have a lot of money in the bank, and it is. It's not, we're not a bank. So we are, um, uh, we're here, people, people give to vision. People give to see soul saved. I honestly believe this. My nearly two years living here, this is the best location in the entire city for a church. Thousands of people drive by this church, and we need to be a light in Lexington. Thank you, Bill. Any other comments? All right, Jordan. Yeah, I tell you, Van, uh, Steve, can y'all turn that microphone on way up there? Uh, make sure it's uh, the green lights on. Hello. <laughs> My wife normally keeps me in meetings and comments, but I do have, I do like to make comments from time to time. But I am just poor. Thank you. 